Good evening. Good Tuesday evening. Hidden Treasures Revealed is on air. My name is Sean. I'm here with my brother Josh, and we're here to talk about the truth of God from an open Socratic conversation perspective. And um, we'll play our music here, and me and Josh will be back in just a moment. Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open, Socratic conversation. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. Well, Josh, another good Tuesday. How was your day today? Good, very functional. Yours? Oh, yeah, definitely had my moments of things rising up and getting to see things and getting to work through some things. And so every day in faith in Yah now is a good day. Now, if we, through our programming or something like that, if we take it to, we don't think it's a good day, then that's just another opportunity just to evaluate and say, well, is it good based in the end outcome or is it good because of the process and where you are and where you're walking? So. We know that from faith in Yah perspective, that good is functional. And with Yah, things are functional. Without Yah, things are dysfunctional. So what I'll do now is I'll actually give you an opportunity to start since Yah had brought uh, something to your attention for us to talk about tonight, and we'll converse with it. Um, but I'll, I'll let you have the opportunity to speak first and speak about what Yah had given to you, and we'll, we'll go from there. So uh, just spending time with Yah and talking to him about what we're going to discuss tonight. Uh, actually came to me last night in prayer time, uh, just getting clarification from all three after it was stated very plainly, you're going to discuss who do you belong to? And I was like, okay, that works. And just the understanding with that, there's only two sides. There's not there, There's not like, oh, well, I, I, I follow this faith or I follow... There's only two sides when it comes to understanding the true concept of faith. There's either with Yah or not with Yah, just like the, the concept of light and dark. There's only light and dark. And people will try and argue and say that you have, oh, well, you've got shadows and you've got, you know, different light colors and things like that. And okay, I see where you're going with that. But in essence, boil it down to there's light and darkness, and darkness is the absence of light. Same thing with faith. You're either with Yah or you're against Yah. Um, part of the information about tonight is people would like to say, well, no, there's a middle ground. You know, those who don't really know or don't really understand. And last week we talked about you know from birth, according to Romans, you since the beginning of creation, Yah's indivisible qualities their divine nature have been made known throughout creation 
so that no one has an excuse to say, I didn't know that there's a creator. With that mindset, you're either searching to figure out who that creator is, or you're not. And you don't try and find the creator. And you don't think about trying to find a creator. You're either doing or not doing. And, you know, <clears throat> the aspect of the proving ground is as long as you still have breath in your lungs, you have the opportunity to seek out with all your heart and find true faith. Once you die on this realm that we're in, in the physical realm, and you die, that's sealed because there's nothing else to do at that point. There's no left or right anymore. Your decision's made based on how you chose to live whatever time in life you had here. So the concept of the proving ground is whatever you do here proves where you truly desire to be. We talk about desire is not what we think of desire as. Desire defined by Yah is a compulsion, something that is just a drive towards something, whatever that is. You know, if it's, man, to be the best at my job or a sporting event or to please Yah or to read my Bible on a regular basis or have conversational relationship or be the best whatever, the drive behind that is you push towards that goal without stopping. It's always in front of you. It's constantly on your mind. And it's never something that you, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Because it's always in the front of the mind to drive towards. If it's a want, and we talk about want and desire again, want is fleeting. Wants happen pretty quickly. If they're not satisfied pretty quickly, you move on to something else. Wants are, oh, I want a Coke, but I'm really thirsty, so, oh, Pepsi will work. That's a want. No, I desire to have Colombian coffee. Well, then you're going to fly to Colombia and get actual coffee from Colombia at a Colombia shop or whatever you're doing because you desired that coffee so much that you went for it. So those are the thoughts that kind of came to mind as we were talking about this. That as we're looking at the aspect of you belong to one or the other, if you seem to fit in really well in the world and everybody really likes you and you've got a lot of friends and you're really successful in things, not saying that that's not possible, but I'm saying you really need to evaluate where you're at in the world and your position in the world because scripture makes it clear if you belong to the world, the world will love you for one of its own. And if you belong to Yah, the world will hate and despise you. So the core of who you are, we talked about knowing who you are on a podcast, I think two weeks ago, or with you and me. If you, in the core of who you are, when stuff comes up about faith or things that people disagree about or argue about, and the word comes out and someone says, well, I don't agree with that, you're wrong. The word says it. That's the truth. If you don't like it, take it up with Yah. Well, I don't like you anymore. Okay, that's your choice. And that's happened to all of, all of us multiple times in the gathering. We've had that situation come up with individuals. We've also had the other side of that, the, tr the ones that are truly seeking. Wow, what you're saying really makes sense. I really want to look into it. I really want to search it out. Okay. And they want to search it out. 
they don't desire to search it out because the want lasts for a short period of time and then fades. So just going back to who do you belong to? I belong to Yah. They're a part of me. I'm a part of them. And because of that, I have a relationship with you, a relationship with Phil, everyone in the gathering I have a relationship with. And whether they have circumcision in the heart or not, if they have circumcision of the heart, that bond is even stronger. And that desire is even that much more. There's a better connection when we get together because we all belong together. But I don't belong to a biker gang in the world because I haven't done what's required to be a part of that gang because I have no desire to be a part of that gang. And I don't know why that's coming to mind, but I'm going to trust that that's just a cool analogy by mother because biker gangs are a very serious thing to get into. You get into that. It's a lifestyle. You live and die for that biker gang. They will kill for you. You will kill for them. And that, I mean, it's a very serious thing. Um, I don't know a ton about biker gangs. I know a little bit about it. But with us, we live and die for Yah. And we have union through that. We have fellowship through that because, yeah, today was a hard day. I, I was really focused on doing what's right according to Yah. And I got frustrated multiple times today and had to stop and take a breath and say, Yah, this is not appropriate according to you. And I'm going to handle this as a son, and it's pleasing to you. Okay, and then you continue to move, and you make a comment about, yeah, I had some frustrations today at work too, and we understand each other because we know what that's like because the desire for you and me and for anyone else with circumcision of the heart or in the gathering is to be that pleasing child of Yah, and it's a suffering, and it's a struggle, and we're in it together, which is a huge benefit. But when you look in scripture, you talk about the suffering and the bond. And Paul speaks about how he longs to be with those of the gathering, but he has to travel to and from because that's where Yah is taking him at the moment. So those are just some of the things that are coming to mind as we're, we start talking about this. And I'm sure Mother will bring out more in-depth in things. So if you have anything on your mind. Always have stuff on the mind. <clears throat> I'm going to actually start here with the aspect of faith. Everybody in the world has faith. The distinguishing factor is what is your faith in? Because for us, the mindset, the journey, where we're going is faith in Yah, the Father, the Son, the Mother, all three unified. The old way of life, people will claim that they have faith in Yah, but the evidence of faith is in what you do. Because it's just like you said that, you can either have what side are you on? Because, and we've had this a few times, we were given this from y'all, that there's, and this is just one of them, but there are several things that are a constant. Faith is a constant, okay? We know in the Word, the Word says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. What it's saying is without faith, in Yah, it's impossible 
to please God because you're going to have faith because you don't know everything. You don't see everything. So you have faith in something, which is trust. Another word for those listening in given to us by revelation is you can, the word faith and the word trust are the same thing that you have faith in somebody. It's a trust. The reason that it's impossible to please God without faith is that in order to have faith, that means you have to do something in order for Yah to do something. Because the word says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. See, that's the key, to please God. And it further says, because those that come to them must believe they exist, Okay, so in order you would be seeking with all your heart, you come to them. And then it says, are the rewarder of those that diligently seek them. So that tells you that's a a mindset seeking with all your heart. Faith will mean you're going to do something because faith in Yah by itself without works is dead. Same thing in the world, faith. Like you say, I really believe in you, Josh, and you do nothing to show that, it's dead. It's just words, and it says, show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Because, and it even gives examples that did not Abraham have faith when he placed Isaac on the altar? And do you see that by putting him on the altar, that faith worked together with his works, and by this faith was made and it says perfect, but perfecting, that what if he didn't put him on the altar? Well, I have faith in God. Then why aren't you doing what Yah said by actually doing what God said to do? It, the, the faith is, I see you put your son on the altar. Well, God, I'm, I'm going to do it. But what's pleasing to me is you obeying me, which is to trust me, which is put your son on the altar. So by him doing that, that's the proof That's the evidence of faith in what we do. Yah isn't looking for what we say we're going to do. We can say things, but make sure that you do it. And the saying it can follow that, but do the action. The action is the best way to speak about what you're doing. Because, like you said, it's either with Yah, you're for Yah, or you're against me in Messiah's own words. Those who are not with us are against us. And people would say, well, what about those that didn't make a decision? Okay, well, if I'm standing on the side of the road and there's somebody on the other side, all right, if you want to come over here, then you need to come over here and make a decision. By you staying on that side of the road, you've made your decision. Well, I didn't make a decision. You did because you stayed there. If you're not with me, which means you're going to come across the other side, then you're against me and you stay on that side. So I remember before we had this come out, well, I didn't, that a lack of decision is a decision. That are you going to come with me? I don't know. I'm not sure yet. And you stay there. Well, unless you come with me, your decision is, is that you're going to stay on this side. And we have in the word of God, book of Revelation, I would rather you be hot or cold, but you're lukewarm, which means you're not hot or cold. 
what we want you and what Messiah is saying is it's not that there's a place of lukewarm that you're just, you know, in this warm water, you know, really lukewarm and you're just staying there. It's saying you're not on either side. You're, you're really in like a, what's referred to as a no man's land. And if you think about this, what if two countries are fighting each other and let's say the U S is on the left side and let's say, we'll just say China's on the, the right side and you're stuck in the middle and they're both firing at each other. Where are you going to be? You're stuck getting hit on both sides. So the worst place you could be would be not on either one. And really what, what he's saying is that it's a lack of you choosing because Yah wants us in faith to be on the hot side, hot for God versus cold. And what, what he's saying is, is that I would rather know where you stand that you're not with me. Okay. I know where you stand. If you stay there, then you'll be in the abyss on the hot side. I know where you stand, but what about you? Your lack of decision is not going to get you anywhere. You thinking that you're somewhere is not going to get you anywhere that you need to pick a side because you're either on our side or you're the enemy. There is no middle ground where you can, we talked about this recently, you a slave. You can't serve two masters. You can't stay in the middle and have your right arm with God and your left arm with the enemy and just know because you're, you, you must hate one and love the other. You can't love both and hate both. You, you can't do both. And ultimately what God is saying is, is that, and you even had it in the, the what Yah gave you with the topic in Joshua, that, hey, you can make your own choice, but... Joshua's words, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Through revelation from Yah, we know that goes deeper, that Joshua being a, a, a symbol of Messiah Yeshua, that those in me, as for me and my house, my body, we will serve the Lord. So if you're with me, we're going to serve the Lord. So if you're not with me, then you can go ahead and do what you want to do. You can choose to not serve me, but... And that's that steadfast in mind to get it into the heart that as for me and my house, my family, we will, it doesn't say I want to serve the Lord. We will, meaning I'm going to serve the Lord, but, but you walking in that shows your faith because faith, the, the way to show faith in something is to show what you do with it. Repentance is walking in that turn. So if there's no repentance, then where's the faith? It's just lip service that, you know, oh God, I'm sorry. Well, the sorry should not be in the words. The sorry should be in the change of behavior, change of conduct. And the way that this world is set up is people th are, are assuming that they're with God. But if you claim that you sin and you continue to sin and it's okay, then how could you be with God? Now there is on the faith journey, you still have sin in your heart at the beginning when you're walking in repentance before the circumcision of the heart. So you will have moments where you sin, but as the word mentions that that is sin that leads to righteousness, not sin that leads to death. So you will still sin, but your mindset is steadfast that you don't want to sin and you're not going to, even though sin is still in your heart. But if you have a mindset that, oh yeah, everybody sins. And if somebody says to you, do you sin? And you say, yes, then 
how could you be on the journey to be with God if you think it's okay to continue to sin now? Yes, I did that, but I'm not doing that again. And you have forgiveness, then we have a different story. But a lot of statements will be made. And, and I know I've done this too, as you make a statement about something. But really more and more, make your statements in what you do. Stop telling God what you're going to do. Just do it. Not that you can't talk to God and say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do this. Well, if you do that, like it says that, be careful when you make a vow before the Lord, because the Lord will surely demand it of you. Why? Because you entitled them to demand it of you because you said, yeah, I'm going to do this. Okay. I didn't tell you to say it. You chose to do it. So therefore, I'm going to hold you accountable because you've now entitled me to keep you accountable because you said it. So instead of vowing something, just make the decision. You know what? That's right. According to the word of God, I want to do what it's right. What's right. That's what I'm going to do. Not God, watch me. I'm going to, because when we do that, we think, oh, look, I'll get reward or I'll get favor. And what you don't realize is you bring it on yourself that I don't understand why I'm getting these consequences. Well, yeah, because yeah, I going to demand it of you. If, if I make a, cause here's the thing, when you make a vow, you're making a promise. If I promise you something, are you going to be upset if I don't do it? Josh, I'm going to take you out to your favorite restaurant Friday night at seven o'clock and Friday night at seven comes and I don't show up and well, Josh, I just had something else come up. You need to just calm down and yeah, but you promised you did. Why are you getting all upset? Because you made a promise to me and why didn't you fulfill it? Now I'm not going to trust you now. So in order for me to trust you, then are you going to have to show me that if you make a promise that you're going to keep it, don't make me a promise and not keep it. And that is, I was thinking about this recently and that's probably one of the worst things is that if you have hope for something and meaning that you have it set in your mind that you are convinced it's going to happen and you really desire it and you don't get it and it gets taken away from you that like the word says, your heart just goes sick. You just, it just it's like, it's just crushing. And that's the thing is there's so many people that are going to think that they have the fullness of faith. And when they stand before God, at the great white throne judgment, it's going to be taken away. And because that's why the pleading of, no, didn't I do all these things? Didn't I cast out demons? Didn't I do all these things? And it was never about the, what you did. It was, did you have faith in me? Which with the faith in me, you will do good works. But the basis of your goodness isn't in what good works you do. You're, the basis of you having what you have is you're in Messiah and you have mother, the spirit in your heart, that's how you're able to do anything that could be looked at as good because God is in me that I'm able to do it. It's not these works that I just did and look what I get. I did God and I need praise and favor. No, I'm not entitled to that. We're entitled to hell. That's what we deserve. Now in Messiah, we don't get that because Messiah is entitled to the kingdom because he was the one righteous man we just happen to be a part of that inheritance, but on our own. And that's the thing that the, the difference, Josh, that we have, and this isn't a boast or a prideful thing. It's just a matter of election is that in Messiah is the difference. 
mother in your heart by circumcision of heart and, and Abba as well. The fullness of deity and bodily form is where your righteousness, that's how you're right, is you're in them. It's not by works. We're not saying you don't do works, but it's not by works. It's by grace. You have been saved through faith, not by works. It's not the foundation, the premise of our salvation is not based in our works. But in faith in Messiah, we're told that there are works set aside from the foundation of the earth for us to do. But we can only do that because Messiah is in us and we're in him. He's the one doing it. We're just in him. And it's it's really a good lesson, a, get, a good slap in the butt sometimes of to think that you're good enough. If you could be good enough, then it's by works of the law because look what I did. I would have something to boast about before God. But as it is in Romans, you had talked about that. But what did Abraham have to boast before God? No, it was he believed in God and it was credited to him as righteousness. But if Abraham didn't do what Yah requested him to do, then where would there be righteousness because he didn't obey God? Yah says, Abraham, go and leave your country. Go to this place where I want you to go. All right. And it says he did everything that Yah asked him to do. And that's the thing is, is the mindset in doing whatever God asks you to do. And they're not looking for you to do it perfected. Because the, the word would say without perfection, it is impossible to please God. It doesn't say that. It says without faith, which is obedience, it is impossible to please God. Why? Because, Josh, what would be more pleasing to you, me requesting something of you, and you say, you know what, I'm going to do that because I, I really want to, versus, all right, well, he asked me, so I have to do it. Oh, so you're doing this because you have to versus no, I really want to be with you. Yeah, because you're diligently seeking me just because, but here's the other side of that. Faith being the constant. Faith in God. Okay. If you have faith in God, God has faith in you. You don't have faith in God. God doesn't have faith in you. You have faith in the world. You get the attention because the world has faith in you. And what does it benefit a man or woman to gain the whole world? And you lose your soul. The one thing that in Messiah, in Yah, that nobody can come in and snatch, that you gain life. You gain that relationship with God. You gain the presence of God, you gain all the the riches and the treasure, all the conversation, the, the wisdom, everything in Messiah you gain. But, and I actually had this thought, and I'll, I'll turn it over to you to get your thoughts. As I was driving over, well, and maybe I'll hold that thought because I just, it'll come back probably when I give it to you, but it's just everything we go through other than certain circumstances, maybe a child that you really can't choose that as the song years ago from the Eagles, not the Eagles, um, Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven, there's still time to change the road that you're on, that there's two paths you can go by. 
But in the long run, there's still time to change the road you're on until circumcision of the heart. Now you could still change the road that you're on, but you're going to fall away and it'll be detrimental. But until, and you said it until death, you can still repent to God or you can repent away from God and you make your own journey. You make your own way that if you choose God, then God will really the, the way that you come to God is the way that they'll come to you. So you seek with all your heart. Yah will seek you with all their heart. You repent to God, God will repent to you. And people may say, well, God doesn't need to repent. But remember, understanding of what repent is, repent is a turn. So God will turn from having their back to you to where God is with you face to face. And when you obey God, God will obey you. When you trust God, God will trust you. And when you continue to walk in that, then God will continue to walk with you in the cool of the day, like it mentioned in Genesis, that it's a it's a working together that the grace of God is something that we don't earn. That's something that Yah chose to do, but the grace is opportunity to have salvation, that you have the opportunity to be with them. But if you don't choose that opportunity and you choose faith in your job or the world or yourself or just anything other than faith in God, then you will actually get the reward of that, which is hell. And people say, well, I don't want hell, but you did. Now you may not consciously say that, but you did because you were willing to go that other path when we know hell exists because us just saying the word hell, hell exists. Now people may say, no, 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 it doesn't exist. No, but it does because you see it in the world. Somebody wrongs you. I wish they would just go away forever. Oh, go away forever. Where would that be? Well, I just wish they would just rot in jail for the rest of their life. Rot in jail for the rest of your life. So what's that a picture of? As long as you're away from me and I don't have to see you again, that's hell. That being completely separated from me, it'd be like, in, and you've seen this in the news and things that, People would get all upset in a courtroom and point the finger at the the murderer or the thief and say, well, I'm never going to forgive you and you deserve this and you deserve to be put away for the rest of your life. And the unfortunate thing that people don't see is that in your condition, that you're in the same condition that that person is in. And if you don't repent to God, you'll be side by side with them. But you, because of your self-righteousness, you think that you're not as bad as them and they've done the worst thing to you that they could ever do. But you don't realize that you've done the same thing to God by not turning to them that you've put God to death. And people may think, well, who would do that? People do it all the time. In your conduct, and you wanting to live in your sin and want to do what you want to do in your selfishness, you've put God to death. Now, do you do it consciously? No. In your lower conscience, but it's the same thing. That's the thing. The things that we do and that we've seen other people we're doing or have done. So if that really riles you up, then who are you harboring unforgiveness toward? You're not forgiving God and people, well, what does God have to be forgiven for? Well, God, I'm going to extend forgiveness to you for what I've done that you didn't deserve, 
to be blamed for this. It's not your fault. I extend forgiveness to you for that. I should not have held that against you. And see, these are things that Yah gives us that people would think, well, Yah did nothing wrong. Why in the world would God need forgiveness? It's not that they need it for any doing wrong, but Yah, I've held this against you. I've been resenting you because of I've been blaming you for this. And I extend forgiveness to you because you don't deserve that. You've done nothing wrong. I'm the one that's wrong, and I'm not holding this against you anymore. And what a freeing thing because, okay, well, now then I will extend forgiveness to you because we understand that you didn't know what you were doing. But now that you do know what you're doing, go and send no more. See, that's the thing, the woman, the supposed woman caught in adultery, and that's, you could put yourself right in that place. You realize what you've done is wrong, and you're before the Son of God. I'm not here to condemn you. Where are your accusers? No one, Lord. Okay. I don't condemn you, but I tell you this. Go and sin no more, because if you do, something worse will happen. That's not a condemnation. That's a way to get you to turn and walk away from it and walk in a different direction. So this is just like all the topics that we have. Find the place where you belong to God. Find the place where you are in the world, but you are no longer of the world anymore. The word talks about this, that you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Meaning that you're in Messiah. You have mother within your heart. You're in the spirit. You're not in the flesh. Though you still have the body of flesh, the flesh will rise up. The flesh has sin in it. But you don't have sin in your heart. You don't sin. You put to death the misdeeds of the body in the word of God. If by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. It doesn't say if it's the misdeed of you, then you're still sinning. But it's a misdeed of the body, and that's the continual beating your body into submission. Things come up like today. Don't suppress it. No, I'm not doing that again. I'm doing this. Okay, well, you just put that to death. That was a misdeed of the body. That was something of the old man, the old woman. Put on the new self, which is being renewed daily in the grace of Messiah and in the knowledge and wisdom of Messiah. So just like in the world, pick the team that you're going to be on and be steadfast that, that when you decide to seek with all your heart and that's what you're going to do and never stop, then you start walking in the ways of Yah. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord and I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to, and God will come near to you and you'll find God and you'll find the fullness of faith as long as you don't stop. But if you don't walk in that, unfortunately you will lose everything that you had. Meaning when you leave this world, you're not going to bring anything with you. But when you get there, the one thing that you have, which is your very life, your soul, you will lose and you will be without a body. See, that's the thing. Hell, the torment that is going to be just like an agonizing fire is that you have no place to rest because you don't have a body. See, the reason that we can rest where we are is because in Messiah, you have a body. You have a spiritual body where in Messiah, that's where the rest is. In Messiah, that's the rest. For the people of God is the circumcision of the heart where you're in Messiah. 
but being ushered into hell, you don't have a body and you're a restless wanderer and you have no place to rest. And it's just an agonizing burning, just mental anguish because you have no place to rest. You don't have any, it'd be like if you're out wandering in the desert and you just, I just want a place to rest. I just want to have a place to lay down and just be, no, you can't. And that's the thing is that because you're not going to be able to enter the kingdom of heaven with sin in your heart, that has to be cast out. And if you have sin in your heart, you can't come in here. And that's the thing. The parable of the wedding banquet is you don't have the wedding clothes. You don't have circumcision heart. You don't have the righteousness that you need, your clothing. And like you said, you're in outer darkness. So hell is the absence of God. Now, Yah made that place so that, but they don't dwell there. It's like, like you could, let's just say I was in your house and then you abandon your house. Like you were there, but you're not there and you're the reward. You're the one that I want to be with. But if you're not there, no, it does. It's not, it doesn't matter if you were here, you're not here anymore. And the thing is people will say things like, Oh, I'm going through hell, Josh. I'm just, this is just hell. Because you haven't experienced it. You can't fathom what it's like not to have a body and have a body where you can dwell and rest, which is in the kingdom. You'll have that perfected body and that's where you can rest and be. But people think that because of this big struggle, that that's hell, but you can't even fathom. You haven't, you don't have the capability to even fathom being separated from God. And I remember you said this before, even when you're in your darkest, lowest moment, the birds will chirp in the morning. The sun is shining that God is still there. You don't, you're not capable to know what it's like when God isn't there. That's the hell. That's the agony of it was all around me. And because of my selfishness and my stubbornness, I didn't choose to repent and find the way of God. And this is my fault. And there's not a darn thing I can do about it. And, and that's the thing, the, you will know that it's your fault and you can't blame God because you see that they're fair and just, and you have nobody to blame, but yourself and just, and you're in that agony. So I'll, those are my thoughts so far. I'll turn it over to you, but y'all given a lot, but yeah, this is so important because this isn't, we don't want you to think you belong to God. We want you to know or knowing being convinced, but knowing more and more that you belong to God and does your life line up with what the Bible says? Are you walking as Messiah did? Are you walking the way the disciples were? Is your life lining up with Messiah? And if it isn't, then just evaluate and make sure, am I walking as he did? Am I doing the things that the word of God says that I should be doing? And we're not here. We can't convince you and make you do these things, but it's to really evaluate what side are you on? Are you with God? Are you against God? Because Osama bin Laden, which he's dead now, Saddam Hussein, the terrorist groups, who are they a terror to? They're not a terror to the one that's with them, the ones that support them and what they do. Now, they are a terror if they realize they do something that goes against what the leader says, that they'll be a terror to them. But they're a friend to those people. 
because to us, we would look at years ago that, oh my gosh, they, they did this to this group of people that I'm not with them. I'm with the other people. Okay. So if you're with those people, then you're going to be put to death along with them. But if you're, Hey, I want to come on your side. Like, I don't know if you've seen this. People want to actually go overseas and be in the terrorist groups because they want to be a part of that group. They may do that, but just realize that if you go against us, that you're going to be put to death. If you think you're going to leave this and think this is a game, you're going to be put to death too. But on the other side, God's the same way that God is a terror to you until you come on their side and they can trust you. Then they can be a friend. But see, people think that God is just a friend to everybody, but don't won't realize that God will be a terror at the end. The great day of the Lord is going to be a dark day. It's going to be gloom. It's going to be very hard. And it'll be hard for those that thought that they had what they had. But to those that are with God, why would this be a terror to me? It would be, it would give you opportunities still to have fear of God that make sure I'm not going to disobey God to go. I don't want to go under their wrath to have that um, godly fear, but make the decision that as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And when you do that, mean it. And, um, and I'll turn it over to you and let you have some thoughts. just multiple things coming to mind as you're, as you're discussing this and understanding the aspect of truly choosing Yah over the world. So I don't know about you to a point, but there are definitely things in this life that you've chosen to do and it's caused sacrifice and struggle and pain and strife to get, attain those goals playing the trumpet we talked about that that man if i got to that level i was at in college again now i you say you know how to get there but you also know that it's going to take x amount of time this many days this many weeks this much training to get to that level again because you've gone through it to get there and it's going to cause suffering and pain because you have to build your body and lips up to doing it again so with that mindset what are you doing in your life that's you can you can equivalent that to so is it a job do you work long hours at your job do you go through struggle at your job do you maintain your job for what reason well my job pays for my bills which pays for my house which pays for my lifestyle so it's worth struggling through the job to get the reward of the money to live or provide the life that you or your family desire. So that concept right there is a way to relate faith to the world. Are you willing to go through what's required for faith to gain the rewards of faith? The thought of boot camp came into my mind because for some reason, I don't know why, I don't know where it, the change happened, but there's a change that happened of it's really easy for faith. Just accept and you're good and everything's fine. I promise you that if you're going to seek out faith with all your heart, true faith in Yah, it will be the hardest thing you do in your life. It will be the most rewarding and it will pale in comparison to anything that you thought 
faith in God was. But it will be a struggle, and it will cause strife, and it will cause sacrificing, and you will feel it, and you will know it. And that's so you have protection to know what you're going to give up if you walk away. It's a benefit for you. Basic training in the military. You go through basic training to prepare you for what the job is going to require you. And after you've graduated basic training and you're now in the military, you're able to do the job they're telling you to do because you went through the basic training. And faith is the exact same. You go through basic training, which is hard, and it's designed to break you down. It's designed to rebuild you into something different. It's designed to change and shape your mind and your body into a different aspect so that when you're put in a situation that needs that mind and that body that's been molded, it can deliver on what's needed. Face the exact same way. Yah has set things in place that when you seek them with all your heart, you understand and find them. Why? Because you know what it takes now to seek them with all your heart. That's how you find them. Once you find them, you now have the ability to repeat that process. Knowing who you are before Yah brings humility. So you never forget who you are before Yah. Therefore, you don't become prideful and turn away. Repentance. Showing Yah how much you desire them that I am done with my old way of life and who I was. Whatever you want in a son or a daughter, that's what I'm going to be. That's what I want to be. And then you prove that. And just as we're going through these steps of faith, that's the process. And then you get to a point where Yah says, you've completed basic training. You've hit all the steps. You now have the tools you need to understand what faith is going to take. Now's your opportunity to live it. Give you circumcision of the heart. And then you take those tools that were given and the training that was designed to get you to that point and put it all into action. Now you go apply it. Now you go to the battlefield. Now you're able to do the work. Why? Because you were trained. Before that, it was training to build you to the point where you can do this now. Go figure out how to do it. So those were some of the thoughts that were coming to mind. But not just that, you have an aspect of whatever you tie yourself to in this world or don't tie yourself to in this world will be bound in eternity. So if you tie yourself to things of the world, the job, the house, whatever you're doing in the world, because that's where you find your worth. That's where you find who you are. That's where you find your identity. Then when the world perishes, which it's going to do according to scripture, your identity dies. Therefore, you die with your identity in the world and you're pushed away. But if your identity is in Yah and you find your identity in who Yah is and in Messiah, living a life of Messiah, when the world perishes, all that happens is you get separated from the world and you're now completely free of it, body, mind, and soul, because the body is gone with the world for destruction. You get the soul and the heart, which is transferred out in a new body, and now you, you're free to live with Messiah in eternity, not condemned to 
never again get to experience their presence. Because that aspect of hell, no one on this earth knows what that's like because you're still on this earth. The earth was created by Yah. It's a part of Yah. That scripture that says, since the beginning of creation, and we keep bringing that up for a reason, that shows you that Yah exists. As long as you're still experiencing the world, you can't be in the absence of Yah. No one gets to experience the absence of Yah yet on this earth because of that situation. Even those who have died are still in a place of holding, and that place of holding still has an aspect of Yah in it because there's control and guidelines in it. There's a situation that Yah has made or a place that Yah has made with that. There's a presence of Yah there. They haven't even experienced it yet. They'll exp- and again, we all experience it at the same time, but either with Yah or against Yah. But that concept coming to mind, it just that opens up such a deeper level of understanding of how seriousness, how serious this is and how serious faith is that it's not a game. It's not, I'll take this, I'll take time later or yeah, you know, I'll live my life now. And then right before I die, I'll do no. If that's your game plan, that's your intention. We talked about intention. I think two weeks ago when we talked about knowing who you are, Yah sees that Yah knows that if that's your plan, that's your goal. Y'all's not going to honor that. When your goal is truly whatever you want, y'all, is what I want. Okay. Well, then, if that's the case, we'll see it. Just keep doing what you're doing. And the biggest struggle I would say anybody's going to come up in faith is you're going to hit a wall of, is y'all really listening? Is this really getting me anywhere? Is all of this really worth it? I just feel like I just keep doing and doing and doing and nothing's changing and it's hard. Okay. That is the moment you dig in. That is the moment when you start to cry out. That is the moment when you hit your, I can do this. I can do that. You can't do it. So find your breaking point of, I can't do it. But yeah, I promise if you tell me what it is, you show me, you let me see it. I'll do it. And when that test comes, you better deliver on deliver on that. We just talked about making an oath. You deliver on that. And then you ask for another opportunity. And you deliver on that. And you ask for another opportunity. You deliver on that. And when you do that enough, you're paying into proving to Yah where your desire lies. And when I say paying in, you're not buying your way into heaven. That's not what I'm trying to say. That's not at all what I'm getting at. You are... Showing by action of the heart where your allegiance lies, where your desire lies, and what goal you're working towards. That's what you're proving to Yah. Because the actions, they're not gonna, they're not gonna be perfect. They're not gonna matter. The heart, the intention, the mind, the drive, the desire, those are what matter. And when you fall and you get back up and say, I don't care that I fell, I'm going to keep going. I'm still in this direction. I don't care if it kills me and it probably will kill me, but I'm going to keep going. Okay. One of the coolest things that I think I've 
I've applied to faith now, but um, I had a Navy SEAL trainer talk about an instance where he was training a Navy SEAL. And the Navy SEAL, or it was the Navy SEAL that was talking about the instance. He was talking about how he was in Navy SEAL school and they were doing their exercise where they do their bob and dive for their mask. Right after that, they have to do something where they do a knot tie or I could be completely wrong on how they do it, different trainings, but he was explaining how he was doing that. And he had been practicing and practicing and practicing. And finally it came to like the last day where he has to pass this test of getting five knots underwater in one breath. And he was getting super close and he was at four and he was like, I was starting to black out and I couldn't see. So at that point I was just working with my fingers, trying to get this last knot done, trying to get this last knot tied. And the next thing I remember is being on the pool deck and my sergeant's looking at me like, breathe, breathe. And he was like, what happened? And apparently what had happened is he had gone down and he was so focused on trying to get those knots tied that he kept himself underwater to the point where he literally drowned himself. They pulled him out. They got him back up. And he was like, did I get my fifth knot? That was the first thing he said. Did I get my fifth knot that I pass? I can't do this again. Did I, did I get my knot that I pass? And the drill sergeant was like, whew, I'm glad you're back. And he said, I don't care how many knots you can tie underwater. I don't care how long you can hold your breath. My job is to push you to the point where you're willing to do anything to get into SEAL training, to pass. You just killed yourself underwater. You passed. Okay. Yah's asking the same thing. Are you willing to die for this faith? And when you prove that, you'll get your answer. When you're willing to die for this faith, I'm willing to sacrifice everything I've ever had, everything in my life. Nothing is more important than finding out who Yah is and finding out how to have that relationship with them for eternity. That's when Yah says, that's a heart. That's a heart I can work with. They're willing to do anything. And then you deliver on it. You show them through your action and through your mindset that you're willing to do anything. You're willing to sacrifice a job. You're willing to tell a boss, I don't stay past this time. Well, I understand, but you're going to have to know. You don't understand. I don't stay past that time. Well, you're going to get fired if you leave. Then you can have this job. Another one will come. And people will think you're absolutely crazy for that. But if that's what Yah asks, Yah is more important than a job. So, okay, I'll find another job. And if I don't, then I don't. But Yah is going to know I value Yah and time with Yah more than this job. And that's that's all it's getting to. Are you willing to die for this faith? Because people will die for family. They'll die for certain things. Yah knows what you're willing to die for. And when you prove that to them, they'll know it because ultimately you die to become a new creation. So if you're not willing to die, you can't become the new creation that Yah wants you to be. But getting to that point where you're ready for that, where you're willing to do that, that's what Yah is waiting on. They're waiting for you to get to that point. And when you get there, well done, my good and faithful servant. Those are the thoughts that are coming to my mind.
I'm going to go back to something you said in regards to the struggles in life. Do we realize that struggle is good? And here's the reason why it's good. And when I say good, functional. Without struggle, there's nothing to repent of. And if there's no repentance, then you can't obey God. And if you don't obey God, then you're not going to be able to trust God. And if you don't trust God, you're not going to continue to repent in things, to be repentant, to walk in repentance, which is the action of walking in a direction. Because the Word of God says that Messiah himself, he learned obedience through what he struggled. Messiah repented to God. He didn't repent because of sin, but he turned to God. And because it says that we're made in every way exactly like him, yet he did not sin. Because repent is a turn, and repentance is just in that turn, you walk in that direction. He, When he came, see, here's the thing with Messiah. People think that Yeshua Messiah was perfect when he was here on this earth, when he walked on earth. Messiah wasn't perfect, okay? Here's the difference between him and us. The reason he can relate to us and we can relate to him is because there's a a term that people will talk about, we've talked about it, the age of accountability. The age of accountability is not, for example, 12, 13, 7, 8, okay? It'd be like if somebody says like the age of the trumpet, the age of, meaning like it's a, a period of time, it's a, and y'all will know what this is for each person. It's where, however it works with your brain, your mind connects with your where you gain understanding, where you understand the right from the wrong. Okay. The difference in Yeshua Messiah and us is that when he came to that age to understand the right from the wrong, he turned to God and walked in obedience to his father and mother, where we did not, we chose sin. That's the difference because we need him because his sacrifice was the perfect sacrifice, meaning that he had the blood of his father, the blood that was, he's the spotless lamb because he didn't have sin. We need his sacrifice, but he needed the sacrifice as well because he was in a dysfunctional body. So he had to, <clears throat> to die so that he could shed this uh, sinful body, even though he did not sin himself. So in him, when we're given circumcision of the heart, sin is taken out of our heart and placed in the body of flesh. That's the thorn in the flesh that the word of God speaks about that in Josh, because we can speak to this, you and I don't sin when things come up, it's the thorn in the flesh. There's things in our lower conscience, the, the flesh will rise up and it's up to us to say, no, that's not appropriate. I'm not doing that. Moving it away that it's not sin for us. For somebody else, it is sin, and that's the difference. And with this, that's how Messiah can understand this because he understands what it's like to be in a body of flesh. He knows that. Now, he didn't sin, but he knows what it's like to live in this body. He knows the struggle. He knows the suffering. How in the world much better can somebody relate to somebody could say, I've been in the worst agonizing pain. Who could understand me? 
Messiah. I've had the worst agonizing mental pain. Who can understand me? Messiah. So him going through what he went through, the mental anguish, the emotional anguish, the physical anguish being nailed to a cross that people don't have an excuse to say, well, nobody understands. No, I'm a merciful high priest. I understand. I can intercede to my father for my brethren because I understand. I can say, Father, they're with me. The This is what it's about. This is what we can have. See, that's the thing. That's how, and we talked about prayer being the conversational relationship. He's how we relate to God. Because if we didn't have him, how does an imperfect person relate to a perfect person? You can't. But Yah made a way to where we can relate to God and God can relate to us that we have an opportunity to choose. And this is a beautiful example Yah gave you with the military. Because think about this from an aspect of basic training. What's the base? Okay, look in the world, the alphabet. Addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, reading, writing. Base. We're giving you the foundational things to put in your conscious mind because when you go to war, and I'll explain when I say this, we don't want you to think. And what I mean is you're going to be thinking. We're going to program you to where it's a program response that you're out on the, you're out on the battlefield and you're looking around. We don't want you to, should I shoot? Should I? No. We're going to train you that you see somebody point a gun, you fire. Somebody comes at you, you pull the bayonet, you throw the grenade, you, you do, but we don't want you to think it's lower conscience. You just, you just act. Uh, I'm not, and it makes sense because you're still an individual, but they take away your individuality by putting you in a unit that like us, we're a brotherhood. We're in the body of Messiah, but we're still individuals, but we're unified for the same goal. We're going to look the same. You're, we're going to shave your head, shave mine. We're going to wear the same clothes. Well, think about it. We're going to walk in repentance, obedience, and trust. We're going to work on our lower conscience. We're a unit. Why would we have an armor if we're not in a military unit? We have the full armor of God. We, our battle is not against flesh and blood. We're on the militia of God. We're in God's army, you could say, or whatever military force. But we're not just going out like you're in the military. It, like if you were a Navy SEAL, would you just go and just attack people randomly on the street? No, you're a covert unit, special operations that has a specific goal to reach certain people that I'm not going to let everybody know what I'm doing. I'm a Navy SEAL. We're going to go, let's say we're going to go to just making this up. We're going to go to an Island somewhere and we're not going to let people know the Navy SEALs are here. We're going to be, in a submarine and then we're going to go into this Island and we're going to get covered up with ghillie suits and all these other things. And we're just going to watch for a while until it's the right time to strike. Cause we're a special unit. We've been trained to go in for a specific duty. And it's the same thing with God. The gospel message is we're here for the broken, the people that want to know the other people. We're not going to go out and just tell you, does the military just reveal all their secrets, their, their spy planes their No, that's why they have those special military installations that it's private unless you're a part of the group and you have clearance and you can go in and you can see how the different missions work and the different goals, because we're given the full armor of God. 
as a representation. And Yah has so many different avenues that they you can parallel them in the world. The military, the mafia, government um, would be that we talked about this, the um, Freemasons. And we're not comparing Yah to Freemasonry. But in a way, if you think about it, if you put them in an aspect of using different degrees of knowledge in different positions that you could put it to, the kingdom of God is similar to it's a secret organization that you have to do things to get in. But once you're in, it's a secret thing unless things are going to be on the outside. And this isn't just saying that Yah is Freemasons. Yah, I'm not saying that, but we've been given different aspects in the world to show that how Yah works in different ways and you can use Freemasonry. You can use like, like we have local here an Elks Lodge or a Moose Lodge or well, what is it? It's an organization of brotherhood or sisterhood that has a certain body of rules, that has a government, that has a constitution. And that's the thing, the law of God, the ways that they work, that Yah is a secret organization, but they're only secret to those that aren't pursuing them to where they're hidden in plain sight. Like there's buildings around government facilities. Yeah. You see the gates and things around, but there's a lot of buildings that you'll drive down the road here and there's a bank or a store like where you work. It's a secret organization to me because I'm not a part of the, I can go in and buy product, but I'm not on the inside to understand the organization. But if I was then, and if I was in the position you were in or a manager or whatever, then the veil would be lifted because we talked about the veil is over things. The veil is only there because you're not a part of it. You're not seeking after it, that it's veiled to you right now. For example, if I wanted to be a teacher again, and I wanted to be a part of that, that's veiled right now. Or if I want to go to college, that's veiled unless I do what's necessary to have it unveiled to me. So yeah, all these things we talk about, the things in the world, there's no excuse for anybody that's going to be before God to say, I didn't know God existed. I didn't know you existed. I didn't understand. And y'all will turn to them very plainly and it'd be just like I open up a curtain or I have a big screen TV and I say, do you see in your life and the way that you worked, do you see that we existed in that? You know what? I chose to disregard that and I didn't pay attention. Okay. Do you see here when you had this opportunity, when somebody brought a Bible to you and you said, no, get away from me. I don't want that. You see, that was an opportunity that you disregarded. Oh, I didn't see that. And that's the thing is mankind, men, women, and children are without excuse because, and you said it before that with the creation of God, you look outside, you see the sun, the moon, you may not understand everything. Even as a young child, you open your eyes and you look around, you see the world around you. You may not understand it. You see people, you see God, and it's up to each person's choices. Now we're not going to get into this now, but with the maturity of children and them growing that, do they know things, not understand things? There's things we don't know and understand, but don't wait. Like you said, don't wait to the last minute and just think I'll get right with God and it'll all be good. And I'll have a conversation with God. We'll just kick back and talk. You don't understand who you're dealing with that we're talking about absolute pure perfected light you stand in front of them there's no darkness there's no shadows everything there is exposed there's nothing hidden that 
you think that you're going to have a conversation just like we are, but you've not been in a presence where there's no shadow and you realize who you are and who they are and what you're not, there's not going to be any, oh yeah, well, that's the pride and that's the arrogance. Well, yeah, we'll talk. You'll be flat on your face in terror because you're exposed. That's the thing. You're going to be exposed physically, mentally, emotionally. The darkest things that you've hidden that you don't even know are, are brought into light and you will know if you weren't with them, if you didn't have the fullness of faith that you know that you're condemned and you know you're going to be put on the outside. So there is this misconception of we'll talk and we'll negotiate. No, you'll be like the criminal brought in before the judge and the judge will give the sentence and you'll just be sitting there silent as anything and realizing it'd be like one of those you ever had, like you've heard the term, your life flashes before your eyes. It's like we haven't experienced like everything being exposed and you're just, what do I do now? I can't hide. I can't go anywhere. Like there's no place to hide my shame. It's right in front of God. And all you want is a covering please give me a covering. I I can't stand here like this. And you have no covering Messiah, please cover me. No, it's past that time that there's no more covering. You're exposed. Your shameful, shameful nakedness is out here. And I thought about this when you were speaking about the Navy seal that blessed is the one that goes and perseveres through trial because when they've been proved, they will receive the crown of life from God for those who love God. When they've been proved, if I say, Josh, prove it. All right, I'll prove it. And you, you get up and, well, I don't think you can, Josh, I don't think you can climb this ladder and get on the roof or you watch me. I'll prove it. Yeah. When you've been proved, when you do the work, like you said, when you get to the point where, and really what you were speaking of was the pledge of a good conscience that no matter what, I'm with you heart and soul. I'm never leaving this even to die. It doesn't matter. You pledge it with good knowledge because the thing is you must die. Yes, you have to choose, but it's one of those where you must, in order to find faith in God, you must crucify yourself with the Messiah. Now what that's talking about, it's a, it's a spiritual crucifixion. We're not saying you have to go out and actually be nailed to a stake, but spiritually you are. What you're doing is you're willing to lay down your life for God, which is you're willing to lay down your selfishness because we don't want to, we don't want to get rid of self because if we get rid of self, then we get rid of God and we, we're not going to get rid of self. It's getting rid of the selfishness so that yourself is now self less because selfless is what we're looking for, like thinking more of love, which is what is best for everybody. So really what you're doing is you're making a pledge to be fully immersed because the word even says that when it talks about baptism, it said not the removal of dirt from the body, that it's not a outward cleansing. It's a pledge of a good conscience towards God. And that cleanses you through the resurrection of Messiah from the dead. So Messiah's sacrifice with your pledge and you willing to do the same that you will be counted just like him, that y'all will accept that 
but it, but I was just saying about that, that that's the essence of the pledge of a good conscience that circumcise your heart, that no matter what it is, I'm willing to die for this. Here I am, Lord, I've come to do your will. Oh God, it doesn't matter what happens to me. And you have to be willing to pledge that. And yeah, I may demand it immediately or, and you're going to die anyway, or you get put to death or, or whatever it be, but it's really just your steadfastness in mind of it's not about me anymore. It's about God. And what's interesting is there's things in faith that you must do. And we've talked about this before that there are requirements in faith. You must repent. You must walk in repentance. You must obey God. You must walk in obedience. You must trust. But it's a, it's a transformation from you change it from what you're doing it because it's required for a time, but then it transfers to a desire where I'm doing this because it's right to do. That's why I'm doing it. Yes, it is what y'all wants, but you own it where yes, there is a time of obligation because you haven't built a desire yet. See, that's why it has to start an obligation is because you don't have a desire for it yet. doesn't mean that you don't have a, a steadfast in your mind. I'm going to desire it because desire is of the heart. The want is in the mind. The going to is you're getting it from your mind and getting it into your heart. So that's why it has to start an obligation. And it's not that y'all like, cause they say that we hate obligated compliance, meaning we don't prefer we hate it. We want you to do it because it's what you want to do. It's your desire, but we will be patient and know that that's part of the process. But our desire is I'm doing this because I want to do it because it's right. It's fair. It's just because that is godly. But if you just say, I'm doing it because the law says it, you're still in a place of obligation where we want you to transfer that to why do you really want to do this? Because it's right. It's fair. It's what's the best for everybody. It's just right. Good. Because that's that's how we think that you're taking it on yourself and we have a home for you because that's where we live. We live in what's right, fair, and just. So come on in. Our desires and your desires are the same. We can relate. We can have conversation. And that's the, the mercy of God is that God knows that you'll be there for a while because you do the same thing in your life things that aren't godly. And really for us, no, everything is about faith, but you start out and you do something cause you have to like you, you know what? I like to be a race car driver. So I have to go to this team owner and however the, and I don't know what, whatever the process you could choose anything. I'll just happen to think about auto racing, but I have to go to this racing school. I have to go to the team. I've got to, get a sponsor and, but I start to do it and man, I'm getting a tasting for this. I really, I really want this, man, this is great. I'm going to continue. I really want this. Okay. And then you start building a desire and you do it because now you really want to do it. What's well, not like work anymore. It's just fun, but you have to build a desire. That's the thing that desires has to be built and it takes time to build a desire. You've got to convince yourself that you really do want something. And that's the same thing with God. But if you don't follow the guidelines of the word, if you don't 
do what the word of God says to get that into your heart, then it's not going to happen. It'd be you acquire taste for foods that you don't acquire a taste for a food on one taste. Now you can, you can convince yourself that you don't want to have a taste for something. Cause I'll share this with me that I thought Jack Daniels looked like it would taste like iced tea. That was a wake up call. I don't have a desire for it. I don't have a taste and I've not acquired a taste for it, but I could acquire a taste for it. If I'm, I'm like, I'm going to acquire a taste for this. I'm going to like this, even though when you, you drink it and it's burning and I don't like, no, I do like it. I'm going to like this. It's the same. You can do that with anything. You don't have to do that with faith in God, but that's the way it is, is that, oh man, this really hurts is no, like you said, I don't care. This is what I want. This is what I'm going to desire. And then you go through it and, and we've had it. But ultimately the, the, the main point of this is, is that it's, it desire is built. It's not an immediate thing. And that's why you, you must start in the obligated perspective so that it can get to a desire. That's ultimately the will of God that, like it says that the blood of bulls and goats, you didn't desire, but a body you prepared for me. But this is a part of the process in order to get, to show you the way that this is what's in place until you come. This is what we really want. This is our desire, but this must be done in order to put this into place. But if you were to ask me, do I want you to continue doing the sacrifice of bulls and goats? Or do I want you to believe in my son and do living spiritual sacrifices? This is what we desire. Well, that's what I want to do. I don't want to do what you don't desire, but the law says that it has to be done. So that's the law of God. That's what I'm going to do, but it's going to transfer to a better system. So I was just thinking about when y'all was giving you this information on the military and the Navy SEALs, it's just like, wow, he wasn't perfect in holding his breath, but you were willing to give up anything to be a Navy SEAL. Well, you have potential just like my son, so we can work with this. And that's the thing that y'all, y'all's not looking for you to be perfect. They want you to be obedient. And in that obedience, you will perfect. Because that's the thing you can take a word and we like the ignorance and ignorance that it's not about being perfect. It's about perfecting. It's about learning and growing. And like the, you mentioned the chisel video we watched that it's like fine tuning, just you're baking a cake, you're baking cookies. Well, next time I'm going to fine tune, I'm going to put a little bit more sugar. I'm going to put a little bit more extract. I'm going to put less salt. I'm going to just continually make it better and better and better. And that process shows your faith in God that because if we could be perfect, then Messiah would have, it'd be ridiculous for him to come. And we have the law. You just live the law perfectly. But we know we're not capable of living the law perfectly because if we were, then Messiah died in vain. And, but then we have the other side where be careful if you're attempting to go back onto the law to live it perfectly, because then you're leaving Messiah behind and then he's of no benefit. Well, no, we don't want to go there. So it, it's the balance of just, wait a minute, hold on. Are you attempting to be good enough again? 
get away from that, turn from that because it's either Messiah is your good enough or you're the good enough. And if it's you, Yah's not going to deal with that. They're going to say, no, we don't accept your sacrifice because it's blemished because all these past sins, it's tainted. So, so just with what you're talking about, leading into the things that mothers brought to mind, the aspect of the military, we talk about basic training. So you go through basic training and it's, it's rough. It's hard. It's meant to be that way. It's meant to break you down mentally and physically to rebuild you like we talked about. So from that aspect, it's designed to make you a new creation so then you can perform appropriately. So scripture coming to mind, going back into Romans, once you're a new creation, do we abolish the law? No, we uphold the law. So the whole aspect of the law is to teach you that you're a lawbreaker and to show you and build you in such a way that your desire is to follow that law. I'm going to follow it. It's really hard. It's the toughest thing I've ever done. There's so many things in this law. There's so many things in the word that I'm looking at that I'm not matching up to, but I want to match up to them. So I'm going to start striving and desiring to match that. But no matter what I do, I can't match it. I just, I really want to match it. Oh, okay. Are you willing to die to match it? Yes. Now we can make you a new creation. So now we can transfer you from that desire that you have of uphold of living that law to perfection to you don't have to live it to perfection because you have one that intercedes for you that did. But your desire to live the law in perfection is now going to give you the ability to uphold the law. And by keeping that desire inside of you, you will live a life of perfecting because now we're giving you the ability to change who you are because that was your desire. That's our desire too is Yah. And you should provided that for you, provided you the opportunity to live in that balance of upholding the law, policing yourself not to break rank going with the military aspect. You don't step out of rank. Because you live by the definition of the law, which is, I live by being perfect. I'm constantly perfecting as I continue to walk in this faith. And because I am never going to go back to imperfection, it's always going to be a constant growth forward. My focus is always on whatever Yah desires, whatever they want, whatever they ask, that is what I'm doing. Because that is where my heart lies, and I will die in the aspect of whatever Yah desires. Because by dying in body, I'm living in eternity for them, even though I still have a body that's functioning right now on this earth. And that's what it means to be with Yah, even though you're in a body. Because your mind and soul are set in an eternal plane with Yah for eternity. You just have to work through this middle ground of proving to get past this so you can live in a perfected body in a perfect world with Yah. This is so cool because as you were speaking, 
And y'all would do this like you just get a vision in your mind. Okay. So we start attempting to hold up the law, not uphold, but hold up the law. Now it'd be like lay on the ground and I'll take you back to not humpback rocks, but that roost area where we would go up and that windy night we went up there. Now lay under that, those rocks in the middle and just start, try to hold that up. No, it, you have to hold it until it breaks you because obligation is under the law that I'm so, I I have to do this and I just, and you're just stuck. It's crushing because you're trying to hold a weight to be obligated to do it by works. No, you can't be perfect by works of the law and it's going to crush you. You're going to get frustrated and aggravated and it's meant just had this picture of it's to break you so that you transfer from you trying to hold up the law by doing it out of obligation to submission. You uphold the law because you want to walk in obedience to it. It removes the burden of being under it and walk along with it. I want to do this. This is fair and just. This is what I'm going to do. Leave the perfection to God because if perfection would be able to come by the Levitical priesthood, then why would another priest come? Because without all of Yah, you're not going to have perfection. So in the kingdom where they're perfect, they're the only ones that are capable of being perfect in it. So stop attempting to be perfect in it because God is the only one that can be perfect. You gain your perfection. Ultimately, you you gain perfection by walking in obedience to the end. That's when you're perfected. But then when you're in the kingdom, you'll continually walk in obedience to the law. There is no lawbreaker in the kingdom of heaven. Yah doesn't break their own law. It's interesting because the law, it just changes. The law doesn't go away. And that's why Paul says, do we abolish it? Do we get rid of the law? No, we transfer from obligation to submission. That's the difference. You're under law if you don't have faith because you're doing it. When you start, you're doing it because you have to. You don't have a desire for it yet. And God knows that. That's why the old versus the new Testament. If you give a testimony, what are you doing? You're just talking about experiences that you've had in wherever position you're in. You give testimony in a court case. You're just giving, you're, you're telling them what happened, like where, where you were. And that's the thing is the law of God doesn't ever go away. Cause it said not even one stroke of the pen of this law will ever go away. But in me, it's about submission that in me, the new covenant is walking in submission to God, walking in obedience, because that's the desire of your heart. You have the ability to have that desire in your heart now because of me. Before you couldn't have that because you couldn't have circumcision of the heart. So it's a transfer from the Old Testament. They did it in their mind the best they could. They walked in obedience to that obligation, to that conformity the best they could. That's all they could do. And when Messiah died and rose again, those like Abraham and Noah that are in the depths of the earth, that's ultimately where Messiah made the paradise versus the place of torment. 
that to those he took circumcision of the heart because they were obedient to God. They, they weren't able to do it in, in their heart, to get it into their heart because they had sin, but in their mind, they did what they could do. They circumcised their hearts. That they walked in faith in God, that's all they could do. They couldn't get the circumcision of the heart done by mother yet because Messiah hadn't come. So in Yah's fairness, they got to stay on the paradise side that you'll be with me in paradise, all right? You'll be with me on this side. Now, when I go there, once I die and, and I'm resurrected, I'll take circumcision of the heart there. And that will, that's the separation is circumcision of the heart that that flaming sword is that you can't cross that those that the captives in my train, you come over to Abraham's side, you're in paradise, you wait for your inheritance to go to the kingdom. Those here, you wait in torment. And then when the books are open at the end, We'll have the great white throne judgment. Those that were in the place of torment, you'll be taken to the abyss. Those that were on the paradise side, Abraham's side, you'll be taken into, and that's the thing, and you had mentioned it, that in Hebrews, we all enter in together because Yah had a better plan because, and it doesn't matter if people disagree, this is the truth of God, that the only ones in heaven right now are Abba, Ema, and Yeshua. There is no people of just generation that are going to be in heaven that you're either in the holding place because Messiah is there, he's perfected. So he's made the way to win that final day that we can go in together to be one body in Messiah that people say, well, somebody's in heaven. Well, no, they're not. Nor from this generation is anybody going to be in the abyss that you're not going to be, oh, you're in hell. And there's even the same where Messiah went into hell. No, it, it's, it's a translation misunderstanding. He didn't go into hell. He went into the depths of the earth in Hades. But if he went into hell, he wouldn't be able to come back out. That that's, that's a place for the enemy of God that why would Messiah go to hell? That if you're in hell, then you're separated from God. So that couldn't be. So a lot of this is just dependency on Yah for the, the information and the teaching. But yeah, with this, with faith, it's about you got to choose the side that you're on and really you choose it or not choose it based on your decision. And Messiah said it very simply, those that have not made a decision to believe in the son of God, you're condemned already because you have not believed in the name of the one and only son of God that you stand condemned anyway. So make a decision to get out from under condemnation to go to being released to where you're not condemned anymore, but people that make no decision that you stand condemned already. And that's by the words, not us, the, the son of God, Messiah, you stand condemned already. And why? Because you have sin in your heart. You're under condemnation. Your, your body and your life are condemned, meaning it's ready to be like, if we were to go through our neighborhood and there's a condemned house, it's just waiting to be destroyed. There's, you're not going to live in it. Nobody's going to go in and live. It's taped up. It's just waiting to be torn down. And that's the thing. Have a house that is full of life that is not going to be torn down, that's built on the solid foundation of Messiah and really Abba and Ema as well. But yeah, find the place of that strong tower, that security. Choose the side that you're on. Be on the winning team because with God, there is no better winning team and without God, you're going to be on the losing team. And there's no way around that. And that's the thing. The word of God makes it clear that if you are a friend of the world, if you embrace the world, the things that the world does, it's not talking about somebody that's walking in repentance towards God and you're getting away from it and you're working through that. It's talking about people that 
have no turning to God, no thoughts of God, and you're just fully engrossed in the world that you're an enemy of God, and you cannot, as the word says as well, you cannot serve at the table of God and the table of demons, that you're going to be a friend to one and an enemy to the other. You cannot serve two masters. You, you must choose. And this even goes with what we talked about recently with ignorance, is that you're going to have embracing to one and disdain for the other. So you're either going to embrace one and reject the other, or you're going to reject one and you're going to embrace the other. You, you can't play both sides of the fence. You can't be, like you mentioned, you can't be lukewarm. It's not about being hot and cold. You, you don't play both sides. This isn't, you play both sides. You either choose, choose this day whom you will serve. And Joshua doesn't say you get to serve God and self. No, or selfishness. You choose either God or you choose the other, but you will, here's the thing, Josh, you will struggle no matter which one you choose. Why let your suffering be in vain where you end up in hell and burning torment forever? It came back to mind now. Okay. So why you can either live your luxury now and get everything you want now and the feel good now and burn forever and struggle forever, or you can struggle now and have the paradise with the freedom from all the struggle and the suffering and things like that. And the reason is, is because now everything is functional. It has a purpose. So it's not that you're not going to be doing things, but that's one of the things I remember that Yah brought out that really stood out to me was you're going to suffer either way. Why be in vain and you lose everything versus make the suffering make sense and have purpose that there's a reason why you're struggling. Now, if you're struggling because of something that you're doing that you shouldn't be doing, well, you're going to have pain and you'll hopefully you'll learn from that, but get at a place where the struggle and suffering is part of it. But as we go in faith, the struggling and suffering, it does get easier. I'm not going to say it doesn't. It's just like anything. If you're training, like we walk um, consistently, they're struggling and suffering, but it is easier because we can walk four laps and we're not just dragging tire and we can't go to work the next day and we're all just, oh my gosh, I got to lay down and I'm sick. And But it does, there is ease in it because I'm not going to sit here and say that every day is just you're just on your face and you're struggling. But the struggling and suffering is there so that you can repent of something and make a pivot because that's the thing, when you come to something, like you come to a wall, you want to pivot and turn another way and decide that you're going to go in another direction. So you've got to pivot from where you are to where I'm going to make this change. I'm going to make a turn, just like in basketball, you have your pivot foot that you keep that one planted and you turn another direction. So you turn your whole body in that direction. So any other thoughts that you have? Those are just things that just came to mind. Uh, just a couple of things that that came to mind about this, the aspect of where we live on this plane is the middle ground. Like we talked about, it's the proving ground. As long as you have breath in your lungs, you still have hope. If you think that you have a relationship with, yeah, I would just challenge anyone that's, well, yeah, you know, I, I'm saved. I'm okay. When was the last time, you heard audibly or in your mind 
a voice direct you in something that you knew for a fact was of Yah. And I'm not saying buy this or go there or do. I mean, like last night, quiet time, I asked them, what do you want to come out in the podcast? And then hearing very clearly, you either belong to us or the world. Oh, that's a great topic. And then clarifying, well, Abba, did you say that to me? Yes. Well, Mother, did you say that to me? Yes. Well, you, should you say that to me? Yes. Thank you all three for answering me. Clear, precise, no doubt. Okay. If you're not hearing the voice of Yah, and I'm not talking about a feeling or, yeah, you know, I just get this this big emotion when this comes up or when I'm having uh, prayer time or when I'm having singing time in the car because that's how I really feel connected to them. If it's an emotional move, and I'm not saying that Yah doesn't use emotion, if it's an emotional move versus a clear, precise conversation like what you and I are having now, I'd really evaluate that because scripture makes it absolutely clear, especially from Yusha, that my sheep know my voice and they listen to me. I listen to them. So when it comes to an aspect of war, which is what we're in, and that's something that we don't take lightly, it's a war. We're in the middle of a war for salvation. Why would you leave that to chance on I think I'm on the right side. I think I'm on the winning side. Why would you leave it to chance? And if it's eternity, not just this life, eternity on one side or the other, why would you leave that to chance? Know it. And once you know it, you can't unknow it. But deep down inside, if you can say, well, yeah, God's never really talked to me. Okay, evaluate that. So just those are the thoughts coming to mind because... It's such a serious thing to talk about, and I don't think, I don't don't think, I know that when I was in Christianity, there was not enough emphasis put on how serious it is. I mean, there was all a point about, you got to make this decision, you got to make this decision, you'd feel something, and oh yeah, now you're accepted, everything's good. That is such an easy breeze over concept to what faith really is. So just really hold on to the aspect of, you're in a war, and can you honestly say that you've gone through something like boot camp for faith? Not for what you've gone through and struggled in life, but for specifically, yeah. And if you can't evaluate that in your head, then I'd start looking for it. And that that, that would be my number one thing that we talk about tonight because you pick a side. And like you said, thinking you're okay doesn't mean you're okay. That counts as the middle ground. And that's the worst place you can be. So just just going with Joshua, whatever, what was said in Joshua 24, 15, that's exactly what it is. Because if you are going to continue to live in tradition and what everyone's told you and what everyone's taught you and what everyone's made you believe or convinced you to believe, then you're going to continue to get on a path that could very easily not be truth and Messiah. Or you're going to break away from that and pretend that I don't know anything about this. I'm going to start from scratch. Yeah, take me through basic training and show me. Let me see. I'll search it out. I'll seek it out. You show me in scripture what to do, and I'll do it. And then you make good on that oath. And when you do that, you will show them the desires of your heart. 
and you will learn what you need to learn so you can move to the next step. And we'll end tonight with this and as in regards to what you're talking about. In order for you to go into basic training, you got to enlist. And and using the world that they can make it seem all oh, man, it's going to be great. You're in the, the armed forces. And how many people are really thinking about when you go into the army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines that, oh, yeah, I'm going to die. Absolutely. I'm going to die in this. You would think. And I'm not going to say that everybody's thinking this, but yeah, I want to serve the military because my parents went into it and it's what I should do. I should serve my country. Messiah's words, count the cost for what you're going to do. And when we say this, it's not to deter people or scare people. It's count the cost because this faith will cost you your life. And your life is your selfishness, your programming, that you have to be willing to leave all that behind in order to pursue faith, you have to be willing to leave father, mother, sister, brother, even sell everything you have to be worthy of Messiah. That doesn't mean they'll take everything, but you have to be willing to lay down everything because that's, that's the thing. That's the cost. Like, as you, you were saying, this is so important. The cost of faith is everything. That's the cost. If you're not willing to pay everything, then don't pursue it. Don't pursue it to give 50%. Y'all won't take 50. Y'all won't take 99.99. Y'all takes 100% hot, 0% cold. There is no 50% faith. No, you can attempt it, but with what y'all will accept, there's no 51% faith. There's no 58% faith. It's 100% or zero. You're with me or you're against me. I'd rather, I know you're against me. I know where you stand. You're with me. I know where you stand for us. If it's not a hundred or zero, it's nothing. You don't realize you're in a lukewarm place, but there is no place of lukewarm. There is no middle. It's either hundred, zero, because you're with me or against me. Do you want to leave too? Well, Lord, this teaching about eating your flesh and drinking of your blood, it's a hard teaching. Do you want to leave? Is that serious enough? Or, oh no, don't leave. No, we'll, we'll, we'll talk this out. Is that a hard teach? Is that too hard for you? Now he didn't tell him to leave, but he did tell him to leave. If you don't, you don't, that's too hard. Now we know from cognitive dissonance that they could be thinking we can't drink his blood. And I'm not talking about physical. If you don't understand physical, you're not going to understand spiritual. My words are spirit and their life. I'm, I'm giving you spiritual understanding. Well, I'm not giving you understanding. I'm giving you truth, but you're taking it. You're not understanding me that it takes you dying my death and living my life. You must walk as he did. He was put to death. You must be put to death. You must be raised to newness of life. He was raised to newness of life. So we'll leave it at that. This is serious. And if Yah is speaking to you, convicting your heart, then don't delay. Now, don't get emotional and just make a decision and out of emotion, but emotion can be used to drive you to a decision. But if you have emotion, make sure that it's a break and that it's a pivot and it's a repent to God in it. Not, well, I should or no. 
but because there's times where we'll have emotion, but the emotion is to drive you to a decision of repentance towards God, not in the world. Because you can repent to God. You can repent away from God. You can repent to the world, repent away from the world. So repent is just a turn. But for those that are seeking faith, that those that we're talking to, the broken is who we're looking for, Yah's looking for. Make sure that it's a break and then it's a repent because regret brings no change. Repent towards God brings change, which is faith, which is ever growing and moving. So Josh, brother, we've talked about a lot of stuff. We'll, we'll leave it here for now. And, um, Lord willing on the next podcast, we will talk about whatever y'all wants us to talk about. We very fortunate by y'all to be able to have this podcast and we just grateful to have everybody listening in tonight and those that'll listen in the future. And Josh, unless you have anything, we'll leave it here. You have nothing else. We've covered a lot. And just remember, if you're not for God, you're against them. Find your place to choose God, seek with all your heart. And when you seek with all your heart, you will find them and they will find you. And remember this, you seek God with all your heart. Yah will seek you with all their heart. And there's no better one to come after you with all their heart than the one that's perfect. So we will end for now. And uh, Lord willing, we'll be back on the next podcast. Everybody have a good evening. Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Revealed. We want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure in life, and especially in faith, is discovery. If we try to convince you of things, you may gain head knowledge, but if we let you discover things, you will have heart knowledge to know and understand and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have. Treasure hunters seek treasure nonstop. Seek the treasure of God through conversation with them and through their word. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Seek the hidden treasure of God, and you will be blessed by it.